On this episode of Recruiting Hell, we've talked about building your brand in the past and finding ways to bring yourself in front of prospective employers. Today, we're taking that one step further with our guest, who's going to bring new strategies to help you break through the noise of the job hunt, and he's even going to reveal a unique strategy leveraging social media to your advantage. Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. We are now getting squarely towards 2021, and while many of our recent episodes have reached into the new year, new you sort of vein, today we're going to shift gears a bit. We can make improvements to our job hunting process, our bodies, our minds, and so much more. But if we can't figure out how to cut through the noise of a busy job marketplace, we might as well keep quiet and keep hidden. Our season two promise to you has been to bring you more, bigger and better ways to find employment. We've already done that by bringing an even wider variety of guests on the show and pushing our episodes to YouTube and more platforms than ever with some of our new formats like Escapee Edition. Today, though, we're going to venture to a new frontier for this show where we're going to examine a potential investment in yourself financially that is the modern equivalent of buying yourself a billboard, which admittedly in this job market, that might not be a bad idea either. So think on that topic for just a moment while we get started with a few things that of course keep the show running. Number one, recruitinghell.com. That's recruiting-hell.com. It's of course our website. It's your gateway to everything job hunting. While you're there, make sure you click the button on the front that says, hey, free guide. It's called Six Strategies to End Your Job Hunt for Good. That's a digital download, which is just fantastic. And whether you're new to the show or a longtime viewer, if you haven't picked that up, that guide is designed to help you build those habits that are going to get you back in the work game faster. Number two, a quick request of you, please be sure to rate this show or leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use that lets you rate them. Reviews are so important. They're huge in helping other people find their way to us here at Recruiting Hell to kickstart their career search. If you're feeling inclined to support the show further, you can, of course, grab great merch like this t-shirt at TeePublic. Uh, they sell a whole bunch of other things, too. There's coffee mugs. There's buttons and stickers. I think you've got a magnet handy here, which is awesome. And, of course, if you do feel like supporting the show financially, you can support us at patreon.com slash recruitinghell. Links for everything mentioned just recently in the show description for you to check out. So let's now meet today's guest. Hailing from South Carolina and specializing in recruiting for the building materials and industrial sectors, James Aiken specializes in helping heavy industry find great talent. Through his work at Legacy Search, Staffing, and Recruiting, James not only knows what to look for in candidates through his work, but is also here to share a great deal of it with you today. James, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Rob. Excellent. I'm very excited for this episode because you... You kind of teased me and left this note when we were on this this podcast guest site that, that I connected on, and I'm going to read it to our listeners because it, it's going to clue them in a little bit as to why I was so intrigued. So I, I will quote here, quote, I think my unique angle here would be delivering a strategy to your listeners on how best to break through all the noise in their job search and generate more interviews and get better job offers. Coincidentally, that's exactly what the show is about. <laughs> alternatively, <laughs> alternatively, if you'd like to discuss something out of left field, I have a concept that's kind of new that's on how to buy a job using Facebook advertisements effectively. 
Now, if I could write a book, James, about how to <laughs> land and land on this show as a guest in one easy step, that two sentence blurb there, that, that's chapter one. <laughs> it really is. Thank you. Thank you. So, it's the marketing in me coming in. Yeah. And, and that's great. And part of a job hunt is marketing yourself. And we've, yeah. we've covered that in past episodes and it's, it's good to hear and see some of that background come back throughout the show. So first, let's learn a bit about you. Let's hear the James Aiken story, the non-war and peace version, but where'd you come from and how'd you get to where you are today? So the non-war and peace version is, you know, I, you know, from South Carolina, I went to school here, uh, graduated from college with a degree in real estate development and, you know, wasn't able to, for, you know, reasons we won't mention, wasn't able to get into the real estate side of things due to basically the lead time. I wanted to go commercial, long story. So I found out I was actually recruited to a recruiting agency and I didn't even know what the industry was, had no idea what was going on. I learned it, just the recruiting side, found out that, you know, you essentially can build a one person agency. And from there, you know, I worked at one firm for a little bit, just on the recruiting side, moved to a different firm, picked up the, the sales and marketing side. And then from there, about two years later, started my own agency and We've always focused on the building materials industry just because you know I've got that kind of a little bit of a background, more conceptual background and theoretical background uh, in it. And I wanted to just be more involved in, especially in our local area, Greenville, South Carolina, very quickly growing market. And so we've just kind of found a niche for ourselves and had a really good time doing it. So we we we've we've uh, ended up staying along the lines. Excellent. Excellent. Again, sort of that entrepreneurial spirit kind of feel a little bit of that from you as well. You know, yeah. I wanted to do this Well, it didn't work out. So, Hey, I'm doing this now. I think, I think that's absolutely great. So the first question that I have for you is, is, is based around that first bit of your reply that you gave me on that, that uh, podcast matchmaking site, breaking through the noise of a yeah. job hunt. Yeah. What, what does that mean? And, and what are the factors in our job hunt that are either keeping us quiet or maybe overshouting us? Yeah. So breaking through the noise, I mean, I haven't explained it this way before, but it's kind of like when you go to cable TV or Netflix, you've got a zillion different selections. You, you know, a lot of people, or at least me and my girlfriend, you know, you want to pick a movie and you're flipping through each movie and you're looking at different movies, you're watching different trailers. And, you know, it's really about in a job search aspect or, you know, from the corporate side, they're getting hit with a lot of different selections, a lot of different information, a lot of different you know, noise, static is what it means to you as a, as a candidate. It's just other people vying for the same thing that you're vying for. And so as a candidate, you don't want to compete in that same lane necessarily. You want to really edge out a, an opportunity for yourself to make a direct connection to really just not be a, you know, applicant 67, but to speak directly with the hiring managers, organizational leaders, and people of influence at the company that are ultimately going to be able to help you develop your career. Gotcha. Going to ask a, a kind of follow-up there. Obviously, it's something that maybe needs to be fixed because we are in a society and in a technology area where you send a resume through Indeed, it goes into a black hole. Who knows if it yeah. comes out the other end? Connecting to those people, as you said in your question here, that are kind of the decision makers, there's a lot of challenges to that, like secure buildings and other things. <laughs> yeah. Like people don't yeah. like people coming into their place of business anymore, whether it's for <laughs> violence prevention reasons, security, whatever it might be. But how do you recommend that we, we as job seekers get on the radar of these people that can make a decision yeah. to help us? 
Yeah. So whenever you talk about showing up physically, obviously we're in a different kind of environment, state by state, right? You know, you don't want right, to yes. just, just show up in this kind of environment. You know, it, that's a real high intent thing that you would do. You know, that's something that you would do if you already had some type of warm relationship or if just nothing else worked, then, you know, you keep escalating that level of commitment. So I, I would say it's finding out whether by email, by phone, um, by physical mail, you know, any other way of direct communication that you can establish really what's going to be important. That doesn't mean you have to necessarily be standing right in front of them, but it means that you've got to escalate the, the quality of the connection from you're connected through a job posting to you're connected through an email or through a phone call or through a common friend or, or a work buddy or whatever, you know, it's just escalating that, that level of quality you have as far as the connection is concerned. Got it. So that might be something outside of LinkedIn. That might actually be a concept that I, I read about. And I cannot remember the life of me who wrote the book, but the book is called blue fishing. And yeah. he, the guy is a, the author is somebody who is a, like a big ticket IT kind of guy. Like he sells packages of IT. They're worth, you know, $200,000 or something like that, everything. And he does the research on his clients and his customers, much in the same way that we should probably be looking to do research on the people who could potentially hire us. He looks into their, their loves and things like that. And he sends them in the mail kind of weird little things. Like uh, I think the one story I recall was him working with an Italian company and finding out that this guy really liked a certain type of car or something like that. And so he tore an ad for this car in half, sent him the front half of the ad and said, Hey, I know you love these. If you want the back half of the ad, or you know, if you want to see the back half of the ad, put a, uh, some time on my calendar. So is, yeah. is that kind of what you're talking about, James? I think that it helps a lot. And I think that that's almost like a, you know, advanced or, or, you know, expert level strategy, because yeah, I mean, past the, you know, getting somebody to understand, Hey, you need to at least make a connection. Yeah. Taking the conversation from a level of, Hey, I need a job, you know, which would be absolutely elementary to, Hey, you know, here's some information that, you know, is either going to hook you or they could be valuable to you to something, what you're talking about, which would be like a real high level, right? Like, okay, I know, hey, we both graduated from USC. Hey, I noticed that, you know, you're a fan of, uh, you know, Tesla. Hey, I know, you know, hey, I saw you got an award for blah, 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 or you just got a promotion or whatever, whatever thing that you can connect on. If you can pull out something that, you know, the, the A plus situation is that you find something that is common between you and the person you're reaching out to and then point that out and, and try to start from a, a a point of, you know, a, a common interest or, you know, something that's uh, affecting both of you. Like, for example, in the uh, building materials industry, you know, the thing months ago was the lumber price. Lumber's going crazy. Yeah. So it, it's just find something that will actually connect the both of you. You know, you don't want to start your your communication with asking for something. You know, you don't want to start that relationship with, Hey, give me some time. Give me some, you know, Hey, I need help with, I need this. I need that. You know, it, it's, it's not very, um, not only is it a bad idea, but it's pretty, it's considered, you know, rude, right. To just, right. I, yes. you didn't know me a second ago, but now I need something from you. So help me out. You know, you want to come along a little bit softer than that. You know, you want to actually give them a reason to help you out. 
Right. And we, we talked about a few episodes, that a few episodes back with one of our other guests, you know, networking for the give and rather than yep. for the take. So we were talking about the noise. We kind of got a little bit derailed there. I think the logical question to that, James, is how do we fix the noise part? But I, I want to ask you that in conjunction with why do we need to fix the noise part? Okay. So as far as fixing the noise, I would say there's not really a fixing of the noise, right? I mean, there's, it's, that's like saying, now, how do I get bad news to stop? Or how do, you know, it's like, it's just something that's there and you've got to figure out how to deal with it. You've got to figure out how to get around it. And so my whole thing is, you know, at least in my mind, how you think, you know, visually and writing things down is like, okay, well, I can physically go around this noise. If you imagine it, you know, as a physical thing, instead of being on those job boards and being on those, you know, the, these high traffic, high volume environments. And instead, you know, like I said, going direct, you know, uh, standing out in a different way, you know, not just being a, you know, resume number 67, but being, you know, John Doe that reached out directly to the sales manager and said, Hey, you know, I've been selling windows in this market for five years and, you know, my, my company can't keep up with what I'm selling. I, so I'm networking with other uh, sales managers that are in the local market and blah, 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 blah. Because if you're reaching out to somebody that is, you know, a window you know, dealer or a, you know, a roofing distributor, they're going to see the value there. And they're going to say, okay, this is somebody that's serious. They, they know my customer, they know my product, you know, uh, this is obviously somebody I should give some more time thought to. That, that's what I mean. Like, don't make it as easy as possible for them to have a positive response. If they're wading through a hundred different uh, resumes, it makes it a lot more difficult to have that effect, you know, because you get less time than you would if you had reached out directly and you're, you're, you're actually communicating back and forth. Got it. So there's kind of a two or threefold approach here. Number one, yeah. you got to get the resume into the system so they know what, you know, what you're talking about, that you're actually interested in this job, but then you have to kind of expand this into moving into the personal side of, of things a little bit more, that connection, not quite like LinkedIn, but maybe a little bit more personal than LinkedIn or things like that. Is that, that kind of where yeah. we're going? Well, it's a, it's a multi-touch thing, right? Like I think that right. the, the, the job boards are good for identifying the opportunity, identifying an obvious opportunity that's already out there. And so, yeah, if you're applying there, then almost under no circumstances should you not reach out directly to who would be the, the hiring manager, the HR person, organizational leaders there. You know, that that's kind of the whole strategy is don't don't get lost in the noise. Don't, you know, be a standout by actually standing out and taking the extra steps necessary to, you know, get that extra impression, get get a little bit more attention from that person, you know, be able to uh, deliver a little bit higher quality message and make it a little bit more convincing or show them the value of a little bit better way than them just reading resume. Sure. And I think you actually, and that's a perfect little transition there because you have a way that uh, I heard in another podcast uh, that I want to give, give a quick shout the sandbox that is with, with Justin Peters, you were on that a couple, like a week or two ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And you talked about the concept of a packet Oh, yeah, Can you yeah, share yeah. that with, with our audience a little bit? Because I, I thought it was like, like a really great tool to sort of be like, you know what, you you look prepared when you when you describe mm-hmm. this thing. So go ahead, James. And so I'm, I'm definitely glad you said exactly that, like you look prepared. And because I, I think that that's like the most major takeaway from it. And that's like the biggest chunk of value there is 
looking professional, looking prepared, and looking like you mean business, basically. So the candidate packet is just a four-piece packet that we always suggest that our candidates do is, you know, there's four pieces. So first is the cover letter. Cover letter should always be written one-to-one. Never do a template. You know, you've gone over this. The standard situation, make sure that it's written for the exact job, the exact company, all that. Number two, resume. Keep it short, simple, easily readable. Focus it on accomplishments or achievements over responsibilities. You know, think about instead of saying, you know, I, I managed a sales team of 10 people where it's just a function, you know, make it, I grew a team of five salespeople to 10 salespeople over three years and increased their, uh, you know, close rate, one call close rate from 10% to 20%, whatever it may be. Sure. You, you just making the stats. The next page is, you know, it's something we suggest more for people that have a hard time with getting their resume down to one page because they're like, oh man, I got so much information, got so much experience, got so much stuff. And that's where I say, okay, well, instead of making a multi-page resume, you know, still focus on the high level stuff, the important stuff, the most important stuff on the resume. Then you can always make an achievements page where essentially what we suggest doing is, you know, go into four or five, six of those different achievements that you've had and essentially write up, you know, almost a, almost a quick case study on it. Like, this is how I, this is how I built my team from five to 10, or this is what, you know, what got us in this environment. This is how we increased the close rate. This is how we increased the activity rate. And, you know, essentially go into detail on that. So you're giving more detail on the stuff that you've already mentioned, instead of like giving more detail on more and more situations where, it can help the hiring manager a little bit if you're talking about stuff that's 5, 10, 15 years ago. But really what they care about is the, the recent stuff. Oh, yeah. So we, we, get, we tell folks to ax things after 10 years here. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's basically what I say is 10 years. I mean, it, it, it's fine to still have you know, your, your education and everything on there. But yeah. you know, it's, you know, keep, it, keep it relevant. I mean, that's the biggest word is just keep it relevant. That's the stuff that they want to hear about. And then last page is instead of, you know, a lot of people put on their resume, you know, request for references or ask for references, or maybe they put a, a name down and a phone number. Don't do that. Just go ahead and get the, get the reference from that person and then attach it with everything instead of, you know, saying, Hey, you go do the legwork and do this. Uh, no, just go ahead and get it done, give it to them. And then they can always call them and get more information or, you know, review it or, you know, make certify it whatever it may be, but you just want to take as much legwork out of the, you know, the recruiter or the hiring manager or whoever's dealing with it, take as much legwork out of that as possible and just show them everything that they need to know that, you know, you are the real deal, that you're confirmed, you know, you're reviewed, you know, you have social proof, you know, you're, you're, you're coming out professional. And, and that's what that's really all about. You know, if you sit down at a, um, at a face-to-face interview and you're laying down essentially a folder of information uh, versus, you know, just a, a flimsy piece of paper, even from just the, the vision, the optics of everything, you know, it does make a difference. It's kind of like when you'll see in like business negotiations, and this is an extreme example, but they'll have the person that's hosting the, uh, the negotiations. Oh, they're in a, they've got a big desk. They've got the big chairs. They've got, you know, the big everything. And then the other person that they're, you know, making a deal with, they have the, the small pencil, the small paper, the, you know, a small desk, a small chair. And so it, it's kind of just a, even though it's just something visual, it still resembles, you know, the certainty. 
And, and then that's really what you're trying to get across. You're trying to go from somebody they don't know to somebody they can trust in a few interviews. And so you have to make sure that, you know, every interaction is displaying that, that, that characteristic. Right. And, and I think you've described a great situation, a couple really excellent points there. Most recently, the kind of the desk thing you, did, you described with the, the person yeah. who's kind of in the driver's seat, having the kind of the opulence behind them and things like that. You know, yeah. sometimes job hunting is a little bit psychological warfare, which is kind yeah. of interesting. So for a job seeker, you know, be aware that you may have tactics and techniques used on you. And I guess I would say, don't be afraid to, you know, fight back a little bit with some tactics and techniques of your own, which is what the packet uh, kind of is, you know, this yeah. setting down something that's, you know, a good three eighths of an inch thick on a desk, as you said, James, is is way more impactful than even, you know, one resume sheet or even a small stack of resumes. I know I've brought multiple copies for people sometimes, and that's, it's a stacking effect, if you will. Exactly. So great, exactly. great, good deal. So that that's the packet, I think, is the big takeaway there. Part three of the packet, that achievement page, I really think you want to get part two down to, to one page, correct, James? Yeah. Is that what you're looking for? One I, page? Yeah. And it's, it's controversial, but it, it's just kind of it like, a, it's like a, a, why not? Like, why can you not do it? It's kind of my, my thing, you know, but so, yeah, I, I, I think from a, because I think about it like a marketer, you know, I think about it like, okay, you want to give them the most important information, the stuff that's going to actually get them to take action, that call to action being reaching out to you or you know, emailing you, you know, giving you a call, whatever, give them the information that's necessary for them to take that action. And you don't need to give them extra information. All you need to do is be able to pique their interest, get them to trust you enough to make that phone call. And so the more information that you're giving them, the more you're just, you're kind of getting them into a position where they are overanalyzing. It's like, I've always heard from the sales side, it's like, once they sign, you stop selling. Like, yes. So, and, that, and that's kind of what you're trying to do with the resume. It's like, you don't have to give them all this information. It's like, you just need to give them just enough to take that call to action of reaching out to you. Uh, you know, you don't have to give them a true, you know, biography of your, of your work. <laughs> right. And, and I think your, your stop selling uh, statement there was, was really poignant because like my background is sales as well. And you can win a contract. You can win a deal. And things should stop. It just yeah. really should. You should be pumping the brakes at, at the end and saying, this is great. We're excited. Thank you so much. Bye. And right. then don't give them Stuck. any else, any other reason to stop you from walking out the door with your signed contract or, or job offer or whatever it yeah. might be. So exactly. Don't give them, don't give them extra things to object to. That's all it is. Yes. Good deal. So you mentioned again in your pitch here to me, James, uh, which again I, I still can't like I saw that and I went, Oh my gosh, I have to get this guy on the show. <laughs> generating interviews. Generating interviews yeah. is, is tough because you and I and pretty much everybody who's listening to this show knows that job search is a numbers game. You have to put enough apps out to get apps back to fill a pipeline. Again, very sales oriented. What are the big things you have for us? to use to find more success and increase that yield. You know, maybe I send out a hundred resumes and I hear back from two, you know, yeah. how can I bump that to maybe five, six? So I think that that is a lot in, in what we talked about a little bit before, where it's, it's all a matter of the follow-up. So in some realms of marketing, you know, you have a situation where 
you'll offer something, they'll opt in, you'll offer something for free or whatever. Maybe it's a $7 thing, they opt in and then you email them afterwards, right? You try to get them to convert. And that's essentially what we're doing. On an ad, you have that one opportunity to convert, right? Correct. On your application, you have that one opportunity to convert. But we can always increase the conversion rate by following up. You know, if we're emailing them afterwards, reminding them about the offer, if we're showing them, um, if we're throwing in something extra that's valuable to the offer, you know, maybe that'll get them a turnover. If we're making it easier for them to take action, you know, in one of these uh, outreaches, you know, that, that can turn over more people. So it's more about not, you know, it's important to ramp up your activity. And it's important to have volume, right? Right. But we also want to think about, okay, well, how hard, how, how tightly are we squeezing the orange every time we get an orange, right? Are we, are we just squeezing it real quick and dumping it and trying to get another one? Or are we like truly getting all the juice out of everything? You know, you need to make sure that you're, well, again, like we were talking about in sales, you know, they, they say that it's, you know, the, the seventh, eighth, ninth contact before you actually get the sale. And so it's maybe the exact same in the, in the job interview process, or you should treat it the same way. Can't always expect that, that first touch to be the, the converting touch. You know, you've got to give them multiple opportunities to convert. Right. And, and to touch on that, that's something that I've, I've used as a kind of basis for my career with the multiple touch option yeah. uh, to clue everybody in. And again, kind of not that you didn't do a good job of explaining it, James, but just to <laughs> kind of reemphasize it here. When you are contacting someone to say, hey, buy this thing, the first contact sales closing rate is 2 3%, something like that. It's, it's ridiculously low. So listener, what James is recommending that you do is that there is a you know, you almost set a follow-up cadence in this case to say a follow-up set of emails or whatever it might be. And this, this is tough because and this is what, what my next question is going to kind of lead into in a moment here. This is tough because you might not have that information as to how to follow up with them, or they may say, don't follow up with us. <laughs> uh, that That's always a challenge too. Yeah. But the goal is to make multiple touches to build that familiarity with you, the applicant, or you know the person who's selling themselves mm-hmm. in this case. So James, I'm, I'm going to turn it back to you here. When it comes to that follow-up, Yes, of course, with probably with smaller businesses, it's easier to, you know, find that person's email address, drop them a note, things like that. And we should be doing that. Maybe throw that handwritten thank you card in the mail, whatever it might be. But when it comes to the job that I found through Indeed, that I literally, I, maybe I didn't click easy apply. Maybe I, maybe I stay away from that because we didn't like, tend to suggest that folks don't, uh, don't go for that. But maybe I clicked that button, I filled out the application and I have no idea where it went because it went to a fortune 500 company and I got no idea how to call. How do I follow up with that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good question, right? So, I mean, the, here's what I would do. It's again, a reverse engineering kind of situation. So, Mm -hmm. and we can use a different example that's outside of this function if you'd like, but let's say it's again, a salesperson here in Greenville and we noticed that Owens Corning, a major manufacturer, is looking for uh, a insulation person uh, here in Greenville. Well, naturally, you know, hey, I'm sure that the HRs are the people that put it up there, right? Put the uh, thing up. You would hope. <laughs> yeah, you would hope. You would hope. And so what we would do is uh, probably my very first thought is, okay, well, let me go to, um, let me go to LinkedIn. I'm going to type in regional sales manager for Owens Corning, sort by the company, and, you know, maybe type in insulation, see how things break down. Some of these things you have to, you do have to sniff out, you know, if it's a, 
if it's a very, very large company and there's not an obvious, uh, you know, leader, we kind of have to go with the information that we're given. So whether that means figuring out how the organizational chart is structured, you know, because, you know, maybe they have five regionals and then 10 districts reporting to the regionals and you figure out that way. I mean, it's, it's kind of like just uncovering a puzzle in a sense. You know, if you don't know who it is, well, you know, naturally you, you look at what the role is. You look at the product line, maybe it's uh, specific to the region it's specific to, um, and then work your way backwards. Because I mean, just about everybody that's in middle management and above is going to be on, especially at these big companies, is going to be on LinkedIn. So it, it, whether you're using Google or LinkedIn to find this information, it's really just about you know sleuthing your way into it. Because you can find the hiring manager, you can find the like, let's say you just, let's say you couldn't find the regional. Well, we can find the VP of sales for insulation from Owens Corning. I'm sure if I typed it into Google right now, it would probably show up. And so you can always find somebody that is along that chain. And then from there, you can kind of fill in the blanks, whether you want to go for pure organizational leaders, if you want to go for who would ultimately be your next manager, or if you want to go through the HR department, you know, it's all about, just sleuthing, basically just sniffing around, you know, the, using context clues to basically find the right person. Sure. And, and again, that can be very challenging, I'm sure, because yeah. a lot of times companies kind of have some of that buttoned up. But you mentioned, James, of course, you're probably going to be able to find out who the VP is, whether it's LinkedIn or, or he's accepted yeah. an award and Google has an article about him or her. I, I think that, that that's, a, that's a very good thing. The other thing that I don't think we've shared on this show for our, our listeners is that if you are following up with a uh, with somebody at any particular organization, there, there are a couple things out there that can help you kind of sniff out those, as you said, sleuth out. I, I love that word sleuth, those email addresses and things like that. The one that I've always used is hunter.io. And again, for, fo- for folks listening, hunter, as in like goes and finds a deer, deer and kills it, .io, input, output, whatever that, uh, that website uh, extension is, but hunter.io. And that will take a domain or a website and basically sniff out any and all email addresses from across the internet and match them to people who most likely still work there with varying levels of certainty. I've used it to, to some effect, uh, James, I, I'm not, not sure you're familiar with it yourself. Yeah, no, I'm super familiar with it. I use one of their, one of their competitors, but I've used hunter.io before. And, you know, it, regardless of who you're getting the data from, I mean, that's basically how you get it. You got to go through one of these folks that either has them verified or, you know, some of them can, can kind of make an educated guess. I mean, and then you can test out a different, a couple of different ones on your end. Like I know the ultimate, I don't want to say like the caveman way of doing it, but I remember years ago we would do, okay, well, uh, first initial last name at owenscorning.com. You know, okay, that didn't work. First name, not last name at owenscorning.com. Okay, right. that's right. And then, you know, you can always, you can test these out. There, trust me, there's always a way. If you think that, yeah, there's always a way to get this information. Yeah, and I mean, you can kind of brute force it like that. Like you said, yeah. you know, try try one, try the other, things like that. What was that that uh, competing software, if I may ask, James? I use I use Seamless.ai. Seamless. So I've, I've been a, yeah, I've been a customer of them for two or three years. And, you know, I just thought it was a good product. And we, we've been sticking together for a while. Very cool. Very cool. And again, we, we try to offer folks, you know, 
multiple tools, especially if, if there's one, you know, I hadn't heard of seamless. I had great experience with Hunter actually uh, yeah. got connected with the founder. He was super nice. cool. I wish I still had use for his product myself, but like, I always want to kind of give, uh, give them a shout. Cause they're, they're seem to be good people. quality people, but again, good to know seamless is there. Okay. So we've kind of visited around how to follow up and all these other things, but I think we're finally to the point in this interview, James, this is the question I've been waiting to ask this Facebook strategy. Yeah. Buying a job. Describe it. I am literally all ears. And I, I really okay. almost kind of stopped writing questions for the interview when I got to this point, because I just want to hear it from you and, and ask a lot of these organically. So please go ahead. Yeah. So I was thinking, okay, you know, I, I'm in a lot of circles with marketers and you know, I always think, okay, well, what's a way that this can work for these people? What, you know, what's a way that we can, uh, you know, apply these techniques for different types of people. And what I thought was, okay, well, one of the issues is, you know, you, 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 the applications going through that, you know, working hard on that and everything, but then, you know, we run into the same problems that a lot of uh, marketers or brick and mortar businesses do where, like we said, you apply once, you get seen one time and that's, right. you know, you don't really have the opportunity to make that message penetrate by you know, showing them in different situations. So what my thought process was, was, are, are you familiar with the concept of a funnel or click funnels, Russell Brunson, all those folks? It's really funny because I'm very familiar with Russell Brunson's stuff. I actually have a copy of .com secrets literally in my nice. hand right here. Yeah. The funny thing is I don't like Russell Brunson. And what? I don't care for his attitude towards, uh, towards things. But again, that's, actually, that's my opinion. I, we got to go into that. That's an interesting topic because I, 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 I love, I love the, sure. uh, the persona debate. We can jump in on that at the end. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, no, everyone's got their personality, man. He's right. He's and I'm sure there are people out there who don't like me. I know that. Like, what are you going to do? That's how, that's how it works. That's how the world works, man. But, but basically to get back to it, uh, essentially what we're doing is because there's a product that we offer for our clients on the agency side where we'll essentially build what we call lighthouse in short, uh, instead of a job description, boring job description that gets posted, whatever, you know, we're giving uh, our organizational leaders and hiring managers opportunities to sell that job. What that means is they go to a certain page. There's a video of them, you know, introducing the company, introducing their opportunity. You know, you're, you're given the product photos, on-site photos, employee testimonials, all that, instead of, you know, just reviewing a job, job description. And it just helps, again, convert people that are hitting that page, the candidates that are hitting that page. So what we wanted to do was flip it and say, okay, well, let's make a candidate page. So let's make something where you're essentially introducing yourself in multimedia. Instead of you just having a resume, now you're go- the, the people that you're applying to are going to go to this web page. It's going to see an intro video of you, you know, doing a general intro, maybe up 30 seconds a minute. We go down, we start to get into, you know, some of the accomplishments you've had and we kind of basically change the resume into being something that people can interact with by watching videos, by viewing articles, by, you know, seeing certain images, whatever it may be. The nice thing about this is what we can do is when we're sending out, because I always suggest, hey, you know, if don't just go after the jobs on the job boards, but identify companies that would benefit from your skills and market yourself to them directly by finding, you know, again, with a salesperson, the sales managers, or the general managers, or the presidents, whatever. 
and market yourself directly by email, whatever it may be. Well, if on those emails, your link is taking them to one of these pages where it's explaining your, your background and all this, essentially what we can do from there is have, you know, your Facebook pixel on there, have your Insta or your uh, LinkedIn pixel, all that. And then we can run retargeting campaigns to everybody that's landing on that page. Retargeting, all that really means is you look at the Nike shoes, oh, you go back to Facebook and all of a sudden Nike shoes is all you see. Ads so, in the feed, yep. Yeah, so <laughs> basically the same situation. So you can go from that where you're just retargeting everybody to the point where, you know, if you can get it so specific or style your your advertising in a way, like for example, if we did an awareness campaign that was within 10 miles, it was in a 10 mile radius of where you live. And we just sh like showed a ton of people, you know, that, uh, hey, you know, are you a, are you a window dealer? Are you in the window sales industry? Whatever. You sure. know, to learn more about blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, you can also, so that's the way you can kind of add in the, the, the cold marketing as well. And so all we're doing is we're pairing some of the organic marketing. You know, if you're posting on LinkedIn saying, hey, I'm, I'm open for opportunities. Here's this page. You're trying to get them onto this funnel. Uh, same with the emails. You're trying to get them onto the phone. You're not sending the, your resume. You're getting them onto the funnel. And then so all your job search process becomes is how can I get my qualified audience onto this page? You know, how can I get the right people onto this page? Once they get on there, you know, then it's more, okay, once they've taken that one click, there's some kind of interest there. Then it's, all right, how do I drive through the sale or that meeting, that appointment, that interview? How do I drive through the sale by just staying around these folks? And maybe that is, you know, like we talked about with the candidate packet with the, uh, with the refer or the reference, you know, maybe you've got a video reference from an ex uh, boss or something. And that's boom. One of the things that you retarget with yeah. is just your, uh, a previous manager saying, man, this guy's a hard worker doing this, blah, 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 whatever it is. And that, so that was kind of the concept there was, okay, how do we take something from, um, how do we get more control over that audience? Because the problem for hiring companies is like, I talked with somebody on, uh, on uh, Wednesday about this the problem with using the job boards is that you never own that audience. You're always having to go back. Right. You always have to buy another table at the job fair. You know, you never, you don't get that traffic. You don't get to keep the traffic. So our system gives you an opportunity to keep the traffic and to own the traffic. And so that's really what you're trying to do is just digitally identify the people that are going to be most interested in having you join their team, join their company, whatever it may be. Um, and then uh, uh, stay in front of them that way. And there's actually a way that you can target and not a lot of, this is the unfortunate thing, not a lot of people um, self-identify on Facebook, but you can target by employer or if you're willing to pay the premium, go on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. go on LinkedIn, use LinkedIn ads for your cold marketing and target it to within 15 miles of where you're at, target it to your industry, target it to your function. And just show it, boom, to all those people that would actually, you know, benefit from having you join their team. And so that, that's what it's all about. It's like, how can we take, you know, something that works well for our uh, employers and make it work well for employees and professionals and candidates? Right. And as you described that, James, like there was a lot to unpack in that. And there's a lot of, <laughs> well, there's yeah. a lot of really great things with it, too. 
I would probably caution us to say that this is not an easy strategy and that you have to have some level of knowledge with marketing, with, with social media and things like that. So this, this is yeah. not a, not a beginner strategy, if you will. Yeah. Right? yeah. I wouldn't say it's a beginner strategy. I would say you, you probably need to be um, at least intermediate with, you know, advertising and internet marketing. Yeah. Right. And then it's actually, it's funny because a lot of, for the show, a lot of the things that you mentioned for finding a job are very applicable to, you know, bringing people to the podcast and things like exactly. that. You know, I would like them to visit my website, see what I have to offer. And that I think translates exceptionally well for a job seeker. You're a product in that mm-hmm. you are the product and you know, you may not have a podcast, but you're still you. And I think that having people be interested in and say, I, I would like to buy that person uh, when it comes to looking at that landing page or whatever it is, you know, that, that little web page that you set up that says, hi, I'm Rob. Hi, I'm James, whoever I am. And moving from there, I really think is something that if you have the talent or are, are looking to learn more, it's not only a skill builder for yourself, but it's also something that can, can really have some legs there. And I was, I was really hoping that what you were describing, James was going to be, I don't want to say along those lines, but I had, a, I was like, is he really going to go with like, like marketing, like retargeting, and stuff right. like, which I think is great. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's just like, you know, there's like you say, there's a million ways to skin a cat, you know, and it's how can we get as creative as possible? Because that impression, right? Like imagine if you're a, you are a digital marketer and you want to maybe be an ad buyer what is a better way to demonstrate how strong you are at that than to showing them how to bought ads? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sure. so, and, and so again, if it's a, a sales role, if you've set up all this stuff to get your sale, to get your, you know, you're selling your time, you're selling your efforts, you know, they're, they're going to say, they're going to see, okay, this isn't somebody that's just screwing around. It's like pulling people's legs. This person put a lot of work. It's just like with the, the, the candidate packet. This person put a lot of work into this. This person is obviously taking themselves very seriously. You know, hell, even if I don't have a role for them, maybe I should just talk to them. Maybe I should at least know this person. You know, because it's it's always, they can win bonus points by hooking somebody else they know up with you. So it doesn't really matter if they have a job. What you need to be focused on is just networking all around, networking with the right people, but just networking all around and focusing on, okay, how can I dig deeper into this function and into this industry? Right. And I think that's a, that's a great second point to that, James, is the net, the perpetual networking, the, you need to continue to keep meeting people to adding them to your circles is so important for any job seeker, beginning, intermediate expert, whatever it might be, adding the right people to your circles and saying, you know, this is somebody who I met this year or this, this month, and this is what I have to offer them. This is what they have to offer me. Case in point, I've increased my LinkedIn reach by over 50% this year, and that's hundreds of people, which is awesome. Not one of them has said, Rob, I've got a position for you, but man, have I made some good friends? Have I had a ton of fun extending (laughs) who I am and my personal brand on LinkedIn to new people who are just incredibly fun and wonderful and have a lot to offer me as well? It's really something where when you kind of, Again, network for the give, as we've, we've said in past episodes, it really, really helps with that, which is great. So I really think that 
strategy, James, has has a lot of legs, especially for people who might be, again, maybe the, I don't ever want to, like, dear listeners, I don't ever want to insult any of you, but, like, if you're just new at this, maybe this Facebook thing isn't for you, unless you have that digital yeah. marketing background. But if you've been doing Job Hunt for a while, you can not only use it as a learning and growth experience, you could potentially use it as a portfolio piece. You could potentially yeah. use it as a way to get out there much more to so many more people for honestly not a whole heck of a lot of money. I actually ran, ran an ad campaign for this show on Facebook for, I want to say it was 28 days. It's $28. Like yeah. that's not yeah. a huge investment. Exactly. And and then, and that's the whole thing is we'll kind of touch on what you were saying earlier that it's the networking almost becomes more indirectly. It becomes more valuable than what you're going after in the beginning to, yeah. you know, to begin with, because you end up, like I said, meeting people and getting exposed to new ideas, new thoughts, new strategies. And so something that you may learn in just a simple conversation could end up being a big boost to your skills and your talents just because you're thinking of things in a different way, or, you know, maybe you're getting a new perception on things. So it, it, you'll find that, you know, there's a lot of gems you'll pick up along the way, essentially, you know, along your way to get that next role, you know, meeting with these types of people is going to help boost your talents. Definitely. And so I guess the last question I have is sort of that, I think it makes sense to ask, you know, we talked about, Running an ad is not free. It's it's just not. Right. Let's talk for just a minute or two here about investing in ourselves. In your mind, James, when does that make sense from a money standpoint? I know that that's probably a tough spot for a lot of people who are listening mm-hmm. right now, and even for my own business as well. You know, we are we are fledgling. We are little, and as an entrepreneur, I know I need to be careful where I spend my very limited resources. What are some of the real surefire ways that you know to kind of tick those boxes and say, yeah, I should make this investment in myself? I would say the higher the I would say the more you're compensated, the more you're probably going to be wanting to do something like that. Uh, like the higher because you think about they say that you know changing a job you can make ten to twenty percent more. You know you can right. take a big jump in your comp. So if you're making you know thirty grand and you take a ten percent jump, that's an extra three grand. You're probably not going to spend you know, $1,500 in ads in hopes that you make right. that three grand. Right. right, don't go get a master's yeah. for three grand. <laughs> right, so it's like, you, you know, it has to be, you know, you have to think about, okay, well, what would my ROI be ultimately if this did work out directly? Okay. My thing, I would focus on it more so being a way of staying omnipresent and top of mind more than having and being supportive than having like a direct like oh well if you yeah if you spend a thousand bucks on ads you'll you'll yeah you'll get a a much better job and you'll make a lot more money it's hard to it's hard to give a theoretical answer to that because it's going to be different in for every single person it's going to be different on in how they present themselves it's it's like saying you know whenever you open up a an e-com store and you're selling sneakers you know it you can't say, well, how much should I spend in ads if I want to make $5,000? You know, it's like, well, I don't know anything about your store. I don't know anything about your product. I don't know anything about your customers. I don't know anything. Like you can, you could spend, you know, $10,000 to make $5,000. or You could spend $1,000 to make $5,000. I don't really know because, you know, there's so many other variables along the way that, 
it would be malpractice for me to just, you know, say, oh, well, if you just spend this much money, then you should be good, you know. Right. So what we're what we're getting towards here, I think, to kind of together is that if you're going to make an investment in yourself, you need to calculate what that that return is. You know, if you go yeah. and take a $300 Microsoft course because you're, you're office skills are weak or whatever it might be, you know, maybe you're returning to the workforce after having kids, or maybe you're an older, older worker, things like that. Look at, you know, what is that going to get you? Is spending that 200, 300 bucks going to get you a job that pays 35,000? And, and it maybe it does because you're not making anything right now because you were, you know, stay at home mom, stay at home dad, or whatever it might be. And so I think the smaller investments like that, especially for people who are re-entering the workforce, things along those lines, probably a real good idea, even if things are a little bit tight. Obviously, we all have to make choices and sacrifices and things like that. And there are there are sacrifices that are made that are good and sacrifices that are not. You know, uh, don't uh, don't skimp on groceries for the kids this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one thing I don't want to say in this show. Don't make like, them sacrifice. Don't yeah. worry, the kids can sacrifice things. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to say that. But I, I think your point of calculating kind of the ROI is really important for folks, especially if you do have. I'm going to call it a luxury, the luxury of having a little bit of flexibility with what you're doing. Maybe your unemployment's doing pretty well. Maybe you are, have put away a lot for a rainy day, things like that. Maybe you can make those investments. So I think that that's a a real great idea. And James, I think measuring that in a way of, is this going to get you an extra three grand or an extra 13 grand in salary? Definitely way, way to put that. So excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and, and it would be a nice combo with what you're talking about by getting us, if you did get a certification or, you know, yes. you wanted to display that and go through all that, you know, I think that that would be a, a good way to do it. I, I would say that you, with, with C, with, so a CPM is basically for the viewers, it's just to show your ad to a thousand people to see your cost per, you know, thousand, whatever. So it's usually 10, 15 bucks. Right. Just in super average, there are ones that go higher. So that means you can show your stuff a thousand times for 10 or 15 bucks. So if, if you're, if you're only getting a thousand people onto your lighthouse or onto your page, then you probably should only be spending, you know, 40 bucks a month, basically 40, maybe a hundred, because then you're getting multiple impressions with that audience, you know, multiple times a week. And so it, it doesn't go crazy. Like you should, I hope nobody listens to this and like drops a thousand dollars on that. Problem, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Test it with like fifty bucks, a hundred bucks over a month, and see what it looks like. Especially, especially if it's purely a retargeting campaign, and you're, you know, maybe doing a reach campaign. Just look at what the what the click through rate is. Are you getting people to go back to that page? You know, are they just viewing the thing, or are they going back to the page? And if it's successfully getting people back to that page and getting more, you know, opt-ins or more appointments booked, then that's how you know it's successful. Right. And I think that's, that's excellent marketing knowledge at a very basic level there, James, which thank you for kind of clarifying that for us, because the, the ad you put out there is, you know, the, the targeting, but then having people who actually click on it and interact with those are the people who are interested in it and having it come back with the retargeting and say, you know what, you were interested in this. Here it is again. I, yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. So that that is that is great, and and I think that there's we've we've run through a lot of really interesting stuff today, and and so the last thing I want to do, James, is what didn't I ask you 
about job hunting or anything like that, that you know, that you think the world should also be aware of when it comes to helping people find a job? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the only, the only thing that I would really suggest that we didn't go over was just looking introspectively and being extremely targeted in, in what you're looking for. I think that that's something that makes it very difficult on a lot of professionals is when they say, Oh man, I got to find another job. You know, uh, they just say, well, I guess I'll just get, you know, if it's a salesperson will say, oh, well, I'll just, I guess I'll just sell for another company in the industry. Or, you know, I guess I could just be a salesperson anywhere. Or I can do this. And, you know, if, if you're, if your target is super wide and super vague, it just makes it very tough to move the needle. Like, I think it's good whenever you're, if you're like on job boards and your target's wide and, you know, maybe you're applying for a lot of different jobs there. But whenever we talk about, you know, digging deeper and we talk about, you know, emailing, giving them a phone call, sending them something in the mail, whatever it may be to break through the noise, you know, that needs to be st- companies, people, and opportunities that are, you know, blatantly going to improve your career. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, some people in our industry like to move up through the supply chain. So they'll, they'll start at a dealer, then maybe they move to a, a two-stepper or a distributor, and then they move to a manufacturer. So it, it's just all about, you know, being, having a lot of intent with where you want to grow your career long-term because that's how you're going to find your most, I guess, hungry audience. Those are the people that are going to hear your message best, understand your message best and, uh, and respond to it best because it, it's kind of like, you know, I was, I was, talking with you know someone from our industry the other day and he was or from the recruiting industry and he was trying to he's like oh man i need some help with marketing we got the search firm you know i do accounting and i do it and we do cybersec and we do this and we do that and i'm like well how can you craft a good message when you have all of these different audiences that you're trying right. to speak to that are completely different i mean you may say hey they all have recruiting needs but they're all different. They're all entirely different. And so craft your message for somebody that's, that's very specific. So they know that you, you are talking one-on-one to them. Like when we talk about the window salesman, if you're reaching out to other window dealers and you're saying, I sold Anderson windows to homeowners in this local market, that's immediately going to catch their attention right. because they sell to, they sell windows to homeowners in the local market. But if you say that to, you know, uh, an RC car manufacturing company, they're not going to care. They're, I mean, it's, they're just going to probably immediately delete it because they're going to say, well, this must have been an accident. I don't know why they're telling me about selling windows and whatever. So it, it's, it's narrow in, really take the time to plan out how you want to develop your career. I mean, it's like I was talking about with when I first joined one of the other firms here in town where it was like, man, that light bulb turned on. And I was like, I know I can start an agency of my own in a couple of years if I you know, take the right steps. And so I knew I didn't have the sales. I, I wasn't involved in the sales side at that firm. So I moved to a different firm where I would be involved in the sales side. And after that, once I got you know, enough skills to be able to go out on my own, that's when I made the, ne- the next move. So it's, it's just planning your career development with intent and then Filling in the holes. Who else do I need on my side along the way? Who else do I need to know? Who else needs to know me? You know, it, it's kind of that kind of that kind of uh, approach to everything. Got it. And that's again, 
super actionable stuff there. And and thinking, you know, we talk about tailoring resumes and things like that. Yeah. Having and in, in podcasting, they call this having a niche. And maybe everybody should have a niche. And yeah. the best thing about having a niche is that the best niches are both broad in a sense that they are not ultra specific topics like you know um i'm trying to think of one that would be really ultra specific thermodynamics right well and there are podcasts for that but like uh, a specific law of thermodynamics you know like something like that you know like we're only focusing on the first law like no broaden to all laws of thermodynamics and that you want to have a broad enough niche that it's it's appealing to create a lot of content around but you also Mm -hmm. want to have a deep niche as well because you, you want to be able to be, just dig and drill as far down as you want. And that works well for job search too, because you should be looking in maybe an industry, but be prepared to look at multiple positions in that industry. Maybe even if they're not a hundred percent your specialty, because like you said, yeah. James, learning another side of the, the coin and you know, there's multiple sides to this coin, not just two <laughs> is really helpful to your job search. And of course, mm-hmm. if you wanted to strike out on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that is uh, wrapping us up here for today, James. If folks wanted to uh, to find you after this wild ride and this excellent knowledge that you brought to us here and our audience wanted to follow you, where would they find you, good sir? My Twitter's LegacyGBL. I've got LegacySearch.net for my recruiting agency. If you're a candidate and want some free information, CandidateMarketingTips.com. And that's about it. That's where you can find me. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hey, again, I certainly hope some folks do take you up on that. Uh, lots of lots of great information in this episode, and I think think this made a very good good summary of some very interesting things that we we didn't touch on yet. And again, that's what makes you a great guest. So, James, thanks again for being here. Well, folks, from us here at Recruiting Hell, the new year brings new challenges, and we are doing everything we can here at Recruiting Hell to help you rise to meet them. Remember, you deserve to find a career opportunity that makes the most of who you are with the talents you were given. You deserve to know about and be protected from jobs and employers that would take advantage of you. Asking for help in your job hunt is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness, and your willingness to do so will ultimately pay off. You do have the discipline to motivate yourself to succeed in this task. You can escape recruiting hell, and you're always welcome at this table, even if you do get a new job, to learn new skills to help better your career. You can and you will escape recruiting hell. For more from the show, you can also, of course, find our blog, social media accounts, show notes, and links to our Tee Public and our Patreon page at recruiting-hell.com to help support this show and your job hunting efforts. As a reminder, our free guide is available on the front page at recruitinghell.com. Click that button, and it will take you right to the page to help get that six strategies to end your job hunt for good guide. It's at no charge. It's something we put together to help you out if you're seeking employment Recruiting Hell is a production of Westport Studios and is proudly made in Wisconsin. Lastly, please kindly rate our show on your favorite podcast app. Subscribe to us everywhere possible now, including YouTube and TikTok. And if you have feedback, of course, please send it along because making content that you like and that can actually help you with your job search is so important. We want to make things that you'll listen to. As always, thank you to Purple Planet for our theme music and, of course, you, the listener, for tuning in. I'm Rob Conlon, and until we meet again... Keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace.